Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. So I just want to welcome everyone to the very first Casual Hoya podcast. Long time coming. Um, I am Bobby Bancroft at Bobby Bancroft on Twitter, and I'm here with the head casual hoy himself, Andrew Geiger. Andrew? This is so exciting. Um, <laughs> at casual hoya on Twitter. I really, this, this is the most amazing day of my life. You know, it is. And to make it more amazing, I know that, you know, we're still trying to figure out what we're going to call ourselves. Everyone's got a cool name out there. I know that I don't think there's a bigger fan of Kente than yourself. I know that there's some options. I really feel like Kente Corner is going to be hard to beat for a Casual Hoya podcast name. Yeah, we do need a, a permanent name. And so, you know, maybe we'll have a contest for some of our fans. So the, the three of you that are actually going to be listening to this, um, if you can chime in with your thoughts. We've got Kente Corner. Uh, that's Corner with a K. Uh, we've got Casual Cast. Casual Hoya podcast. Um, I was thinking of one maybe like Spewing Ewing something like that. Um, but I think you're right. I mean, I think Kenty Corner really, really works the best. But hey, we'll, we'll let the fans decide. It works I guess, the best. I guess Shut Up Idiots probably works too, but yeah. Shut Up Idiots. Um, <laughs> you know, Hot Dog is a Sandwich also is a strong contender. But uh, <laughs> Kenty Corner is good. And for me, just so Allen Iverson motivated over here, it's hard to think Kente without Allen Iverson. And I think Georgetown needs both Kente and Allen Iverson in its lives. I, I like it. Um, so anyway, so, you know, it's college basketball season, or this is a college basketball podcast. It's July. But what that means is every year around July 4th, Kenner League pops up. And to me, that's basically like, you know, the season ends in March. You have to kind of, it's a really long off season to November. But when you make it to Kenner League, you sort of, you, you're more than halfway there. And it's a huge, huge event for Georgetown between the Kenner dogs and just basically checking out all the players who's healthy, who changed their haircut, who got some new tattoos, you know, just sort of, you know, keeping tabs on everyone, making sure everyone's still, you know, walking around. McClung's still dunking. It's a great time of year. I know, Andrew, you haven't been able to make it, but, you know, just from your experience, you know, how big of a deal you think Kenner League is? It's a big deal in the sense that it, it keeps the fans interested in Georgetown Hoyas basketball in the summer. Um, I'm kind of mixed on it. Like, I, I don't know if there's any real benefit to the players in actually playing. I mean, how many times have you, you know, you covered the team throughout the season. Whoever mentions, you know, man, we got those reps in Kenner League play that's really helped me, you know, or helped the team. I always worry about injuries. It seems like every year someone gets hurt, someone's walking around in a boot, you know, it just, I always just wonder if it's worth it. But hey, it's, it's it, so long as everyone stays healthy, it's fun for the fans. It's fun to see 
now that I guess they allow video, we got highlights of McClung dunking, Akinjo doing his thing. Um, so yeah, big party. Uh, I'm happy that um, it's gone on and look, it gives us something to talk about in July. It, it definitely does. Um, already this weekend, one of Georgetown's bigger recruits, um, I believe you say his name is Cutis Wahab, the big, the big center of the local kid from Flint Hill. Didn't play. He was not wearing a boot. His arm was not in a sling. Um, you know, everyone sort of wor- worries and wonders what's going on. But so far, after two weekends, everyone looks pretty good. You know, everyone's on pace to be all Big East performer and all that good stuff. <laughs> I mean, you were there. You were there last weekend. Uh, yes. So why don't, why don't you, I, I guess, kind of, I don't know if you want to go down the roster with your impressions or just kind of bring people into the gym and kind of add some color to an event that really, you know, we get these recaps from those who are in attendance, but no one really knows what it's like to actually be at Kenner League unless you've been there. So why don't you uh, kind of tell us what that's all about? Well, it's changed a little bit over the years. It used to be a really big deal. Uh, the Tombs was always basically like kind of Georgetown light. Um, the last couple of years, they changed the rules. It used to be you could only have two players, or t- two returning players could be on a team, but you could stick all the freshmen together. So you'd basically have, right. you know, a, a big recruiting year of like four or five recruits. You know, you'd have two existing players, like rising, you know, sophomore, junior, seniors with all the freshmen. So you, were, you really felt like you were kind of watching like a Georgetown team. They've changed that up. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're a new player, if you're a returning player, you can only have two guys. But um, I went the first weekend, which is definitely great to get a look at um, Galen Alexander, um, Omer Yurt Seven, who we saw last year, even though he wasn't eligible to play. He did play Kenner League. Um, My- Myron Gardner, uh, like I mentioned, the kid from Flint Hill, Wahab, he did play last week. Um, but this particular week was great in that you had McClung versus Kinjo. So there's not too many like super like i said the tombs used to be like a huge draw no matter when the tombs played it was big time but this past week it was mcclung and akinjo and um there was a huge crowd for it as far as kenner league standards go when the game ended basically everyone left um but you know they pretty how much how many did- is that like when when you when you say huge crowd for kenner league what, what are we talking about like 100 so, people so um the side of mcdonough if you you know obviously when they play a couple games at mcdonough the side they they put the bleachers down on the side um, opposite of where the of where like the Georgetown bench would be like when they when they played um, Harvard in the NIT that side wow. which they have you know the, the bleachers down for both but so basically just one side of the bleachers and it was it was pretty full yeah and um, you know um, as you might expect from a summer league like atmosphere they do have coaches but I don't know how much coaching is going on there's it's very NBA All Star like in the fact that there's not a lot of defense being played. Um, but it didn't take long for McClung and Akinjo to start guarding each other, and the shots, you know, were flying everywhere. It was a pretty good game. Uh, McClung's team ended up coming out 92-88. I felt like it could have been 130 to 120. There was not a lot of defense play, which you, you would expect. Did, did, did you get a sense that they kind of like each other? I mean, you know, a lot of times in these – you mentioned all-star game, like the guys are smiling up and on the court, you know, that kind of thing. W- what about those two? Like um, – you know, do they turn it up defensively a little bit? Do you get a sense that there's like kind of a natural rivalry among them? There was a couple times where they definitely went at each other. I think I tweeted out. It's hard to tweet and talk to Rich Schwachen and pay attention to what's going on. So I'm sure I'm not tweeting at the prolific standards I might if I'm at a game at Capital One. 
Um, that might not that might not be a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Def- yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, there were there was a couple times where you know Akinjo's definitely got a little bit of a better not a little bit but he's definitely got a better handle than McClung and he kind of you know he took him to the hoop and then you know McClung comes down and pulls up and has this little floater and there was definitely some going at each other but there was also there was a time where Akinjo was on the ground and McClung was there to make sure he got up so I feel like it was obviously just a really good healthy rivalry and you know you got two guys that I mean Georgetown and you, when you throw in LeBlanc who's also in the game let's not forget about Josh LeBlanc. Um, mm-hmm all these guys were basically competing with each other for Biggie's freshman of the year, which Akinjo ended up winning, as we all know. So there's right. definitely a robbery. You know, I'm sure McClung thought he, he could have been the freshman of the year. I'm sure LeBlanc thought he could have been the freshman of the year. So you definitely get the sense that there's some competitive juices flowing, but at the same time, uh, they definitely are. It seems from afar, I'm not, I'm not part of the program. It seems, you know, from at least press row that everyone pretty, pretty uh, healthy relationship there. You know, it, you kind of got me excited a little bit. We're talking McClung, Akinjo, LeBlanc, your seven, and, you know, between Pickett, Alexander, and I guess Gardner, who by most accounts looks better than I guess anyone thought he'd be. That's a pretty good, pretty good squad, right? I mean, is this, do you think that this team, you know, obviously, and we'll get to it later about some of the predictions, top 25, all that nonsense, but just from your first glimpse at this squad, I mean, do you think they can kind of live up to the hype? I think they have all the pieces there. I think that the three-point shooting in today's game is kind of a big deal. And, you know, you lose a lot with Jesse. I know a lot of people, even though Jesse's all over the the record book, a lot of people were pretty down on his defense over time at Georgetown. And, you know, there's some reason to be that way. Um I think Galen Alexander, who's coming in as, you know, he played at LSU and he played some JUCO. As you would expect, he's got two years left. He definitely has what you would consider a Big East-ready body. I think really the mm-hmm. team is going to go on defense and on three-point shooting. And if they, can be, if they can be adequate in those two areas, I think everything else sort of falls into place. We'll talk about uh, defense. Terrell Allen, who um... – you haven't mentioned yet, but I mean, he was brought in really for those two things, right? Uh, right. Be a backup guard who can shoot and play defense. What did you, what was your take on him? So I saw him the first weekend and not to keep going back to comparisons to the NBA all-star game. I don't think Kenner league is really set up for him. <laughs> if that, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, he definitely showed yep. who he is. And I think he's going to be a really solid contributor. Everyone probably remembers his last, the last time anybody would have seen him was when UCF should have absolutely beaten Duke. And I was in the weird position of actually really wanting, un, very unusual for me, wanting Duke to advance selfishly because I was covering the um, the regionals here in D.C. Georgetown hosted the regionals. So I kind of wanted to be around Zion mania for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you should you can move down here to New Orleans. <laughs> I could. I could. I know you guys got some weather issues, but that definitely seems like a, like a decent option. Um, but I think, I think Allen definitely looked the part, but he's not someone in Kennerly that's just going to, you know, take 25 shots and do all those types of things. So I think we're going to learn a lot more about him in November, not so much in Kennerly. But he definitely... Give me, a, give, give, give me a comp between him and Mosley then. Um, I know he's, I know Mosley's not playing in Kenner, but like from what, what, do they, what do they bring to the court? What does Allen do, I guess, differently that you've seen from Mosley so far? 
Well, I think the big thing with Mosley is it seems like between the last, I mean, even going back to JT3, uh, JT3 and Ewing have both trusted Mosley a lot to be in the games at the end. And I think Mosley just sort of, he's almost there as far as everything clicking. I mean, obviously, he's Georgetown's probably best defender at the moment. And um, I think I think that I think that Allen and him, it's, it's going to be a really interesting fight for playing time because we haven't even really talked about Javon Blair. So obviously McClung and Akinjo yeah. are in a lot of those minutes. Then you've got Mosley, the senior, you've got Allen, the fifth year. And Blair probably is a candidate to, like I said earlier, where those three pointers are going to come from is, are we going to get the Javon Blair from freshman year? Are we going to get the one from last year that didn't play as much? And he's been really aggressive in Kenner league more so than, you know, he has in the past. So I, f- I feel like you're probably just getting a more mature Mosley in, in Allen and one that's, you know, got some NCAA tournament experience. And it'll, it'll really be interesting how that, how that plays out. You, you don't really think that you're going to get a fifth year player and Allen could have gone to a lot of different schools. Um, that's not going to play a lot, but Georgetown does have a decent amount of guards when you do in, include Blair. Yeah, you have you have to figure that part of the the pitch to get him to Georgetown was some sort of promise of minutes, you know, probably at least ten per game. Um, so we'll see how that works. One of the guys that you haven't mentioned uh, is Jamarco Pickett. So, what's your take on him? Uh, have you seen any improvement? What do you got? Um, the the time I've seen him, he's kind of shown you who he can be. And I think that, you know, those, you know, him and him and Blair being all freshman team, then, you know, what's you can't you, you have to be honest. They took both of them t- took a step back. And I think a lot of people were thinking that Blair was going to was going to fill a lot of what Marcus Derrickson provided once he left to go pro early. And that definitely did not happen last year. And, you know, you could pick say it so, or pick, you mean pick it, you mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Pick yeah. it. Yeah. Sorry, Pickett. Yeah, Pickett did not fill in where, where everyone thought Mark Marcus Derrickson would. And in Kenner League, you know, like I said, it's more it's definitely an offensive game. And you know, Patrick stressed all last year doesn't it's not only offense for Jamarco. He needs to be one of the one of their, you know, a lengthy defender that could maybe guard guards. That that'd be very valuable. Um, I've seen him, you know, hit some threes. I've seen him get to the hoop easy. I mean, he's he's got it all there. It just just it just didn't really come out last year. So He's going to be one of those, you know, what if players for Georgetown and he's, you know, what they want to call the barometer type guy or just that guy that that can really. I feel like, you know, what you're going to get from the backcourt from last year. I don't think those guys are going to take a step back, maybe like, you know, Blair and Pickett did last year. So really important Pickett player. And, you know, between him and Alexander and Gardner, uh, Pickett's by far the best three point shooter of that group. And I think that that's going to be a big part of, you know, if he can get those shots and, you know, at the end of the year, play like he did against Marquette, that huge three he made, probably maybe their best one of the, one of their best wins that in Villanova, but that the road win at Marquette over a top 25 team, you saw what mm-hmm. Pickett can be and how important he can be. And he showed some of that in Kenner already, but, you know, like I said, offense is, is kind of easy to come by in the Kenner league. <laughs> and, and so where do you, where do you see Gardner fitting into the mix? What's his game like? He's pretty explosive. Um, not so much a shooter so far that I've seen, but mm-hmm. at least in the Kenner League, he's shown some. As you know, as Georgetown followers are used to seeing the highlights from McClung, we're going to see some highlights from Gardner. He's he's got some stuff. He's got some. He's 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 pretty pretty well physical player. 
that I think the fans are going to be really into. But, you know, Patrick Ewing's put a really good roster together. And, you know, maybe last year you're like, wow, you know, Garnets play a lot. You throw Alexander in the mix, like, you know, 11 guys don't play. Um, right now they all are, you know, but I think, I think Gardner, I think that's a really good class. I, I'm not really sure about a couple of the project big man, um, you know, Wilson mm-hmm. from NBA Africa, who's not playing. I forget right. his name. I'm going to be honest, but um, I think, I think Gardner is going to be an option. You know, if Pickett's not, if it's not working for him or, you know, if Alexander's in foul trouble or he's not hitting, I think you look at Myron Gardner as a guy that's going to have a chance. And I think that he could definitely, he could definitely perform. He's, he's got the physical tools. What is, what is Wilson doing? I mean, most people say that he's just not physically there yet. Um, and would yes. be a yes. seemingly a good candidate for a red shirt. Um, but uh, what did you see? What does he look like? He looks exactly like you just said, you gave a pretty good report <laughs> being there. But just just lanky, needs to put on weight, skill with yes. skill level. I mean, is there is there anything there? Uh, I mean, he definitely looks like he could definitely get up and down the court. So you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we saw Patrick Ewing's first year, uh, the kid that ended up transferring, um, Chris. I think he ended up at uh, GW. Um, you yeah, know, he, yeah, he ended up getting getting some minutes just because they because they needed guys that year. I don't know, you know, obviously Georgetown. You're losing all of Jesse's minutes. You're losing all of Trey Morning's minutes. You're losing Caleb, who actually did play some post. So you are you are mm-hmm. losing minutes down there. But between your seven, who you got to figure is going to take all of Jesse's minutes, and, and and then you know the kid from Flint Hill, uh, Wahab, and you know I'm not sure how they're going to play if you're ever going to see Alexander or pick it up the four. So I don't think I'm forgetting anyone there, right? I think that's pretty much who mm-hmm. we're. No, I think that's, that's well, and the you know the LeBlanc, the kid from Africa. Well, LeBlanc, of course. Um, I guess he's. I mean, he's your starter at the four, right? I mean, yeah. um And then Timmy, what Ighoffa, or I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name either, but maybe he's had some visa issues or whatever it is. Um, hopefully, he arrives on campus with the fall. I mean, I've seen some clips from NBA Africa or whatever it is that he that he's right. playing in, and he actually looks like he had some skill. I don't know that competition level that he was playing against, um, but maybe he can you know, spell your seven at times too. Who knows? Speaking of your seven, since you mentioned he played in Kenner last year, um, what, what have you seen different between, I guess, this summer, last summer? Is, is he kind of bigger? Uh, why don't you just talk about him for a little bit? I think he looks like he's in better shape, which you would expect. If you, all you can do is mm-hmm. work out and you can't even, you can't, you can't even play. I think, I think that we're, you know, I think that, um, He's got a really good post moves. I don't think he's 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 tried to shoot some threes, and I I did not see a lot of him at NC State to know if that is something that he's tried to do since in in his year off, or if that you know if that's something that he had with him when he was playing in the ACC. But I think that Georgetown has a really polished offensive center again, which they had with Jesse. Um, but I think they yeah. have another. A little bit different. Jesse could obviously go outside. I think he was one of the best three-point shooter last year. Um, but I think that it looks like they're, you know, Omir is at least trying that in the Kenner League. But I think if you get him on the block, I think that he's going to be a really good, a really good option down there. And it looks like he's got the ability to pass, which, you know, it sort of sounds cliche for the European players. He's from Turkey that you would sort of expect all these guys to, you know, share the ball. And he looks like he's a guy that can definitely do that as well. 
Um, defense, it's really hard to gauge what's going on with anyone's defense in Kenner League. Um, he did have a pretty – he had a pretty um, good matchup in the first week against one of the UVA backup bigs. It's probably going to start a lot this year. And it kind of went both ways. You know, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, an Omir domination. But um, it, was, it was definitely one of the, one of the better back, back and forths that you're going to see with some of the other college players. What about uh, the three-point line? Are they playing with uh, – do you know if that three-point line is from new the new distance this year? Yeah, I don't really think that's going to make that much of a difference. I mean, we've seen some of these guys pull up from. I mean, when you when when you look back at that that crazy Providence game where Georgetown kept tying it and you know sending in a double overtime. I mean, I think these guys are shooting threes from so far away anyway. It's not a huge difference. I mean, I think a bigger rule difference would be going to the international um, rule where you can kind of just bat the ball like once the ball's on the rim, you can kind of do whatever you want with it. I don't think let's let's let's, let's not get crazy, Bobby. I mean, come on. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Just, I, I just remember in that NIT game against Harvard, it did seem like they were short on a lot of threes. Um, you know, Akinjo especially, or something. Maybe it was a legs thing towards the end of the year. I, I don't know. Um, I think. But, I think that game was more about. And I don't know if you know this. Being down there in New Orleans, I don't know if there's any bad bowl games. Is the Independence Bowl? I can't remember. Anyway, I feel like Georgetown's game against Harvard was and the feel I got from being in the locker room post game, they were sort of in a bad bowl game. And, you know, I don't know how devastating that game was for the players. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. You just feel like you got to get up for a game in front of your home fans on campus, but I I get it. Um, You know, not much to play for there. Plus go vans probably had one foot out the door. Didn't want to get hurt. Um, Yeah. I think Um, the NIT for schools like Georgetown gets exciting once you've won a couple games and you, Oh, maybe we could win something here, but I think the the early rounds for bigger schools, and I know Georgetown's no position to be taking games for granted, but I, you know, they are still Georgetown, and I don't think that that game was circled on the calendar. Okay, you want to take a quick break here before we get into a little bit of recruiting? I think it's a good time. Let's do it. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Okay, hey, we're back, and we just got done talking all things Kenner League. Real quick, Kenner League's not the only thing going. In fact, the most important thing going for Georgetown is recruiting, which is, you know, all the guys are out there. The Peach Jam is always the biggest one. There's eight, there's um, Under Armour events. There's all these things going on. Um, I was not at Peach Jam. I have been in the past. I haven't been in a couple years. Um, I just kind of wanted to get your overall take. Obviously, there's all these names that we keep seeing, um, you know, R.J. Davis. Uh, Henry Coleman, Terrence Williams. There's a lot of there's a lot of names. There's a lot of people that are out there doing God's work, tweeting about everything. Um, <laughs> I know had stuff on the casual site. All these things. Is there for me? Patrick Ewing has done a really good job. You know, from someone that came from the NBA forever, from a player and then an assistant, to jump right into recruiting. His first two recruiting classes, he's put four guys. No, he's put five guys 
on an NBA or on an all Big East freshman selection. So he's done, he's yeah. done a really good job. And this year's class, while there's no like four or five stars, we had a Georgia has had a five star in a long time. Um, year seven was a great recruit coming into NC State. He's pro, he's he's the top player if you go by the recruiting rankings, everyone gets a number. He was like in the 50s, he was a four star. Alexander was a four star when he went to LSU. So, mm-hmm. you know, their big recruits this year are guys that are, you know, transfers, whatever. Um, it's sort of the chicken or the egg. You know, do you need to go in advance and make the NCAA tournament before you get a big four or five star? Or, you know, do you get them and then they get you there? Um, I think it is a pretty big year for Georgetown recruiting. I know they swung for the fences as they should on Cole Anthony. Would have been interesting if they got him. What would they have done with him and Akinjo? That's a problem that you just got to live with because. You know, he's going to be a five-star, one-and-done type kid, and they haven't had a kid like that. Um, for What sort of your take on the recruiting and, you know, how important you think it is for Ewing to land one of these guys during the July period? Uh, I don't think it's important that he lands someone during the July period. I think what's interesting, that the chicken and the egg thing that you mentioned, I mean, obviously getting to the Final Four in 2007 certainly helped us land Greg Monroe, you know, who's probably our most heralded recruit, you know, in ages. Um, yeah. But Ewing has done a really good job of kind of stocking the roster with four-star kids, a couple three-star kids, kind of following that Villanova method, which has obviously been successful for for Jay Wright over there. Um, I do think Georgetown needs to regain some sort of footing in, you know, on the national scale, maybe get into a Sweet 16 before the five stars consider us again. Although Ewing, because he's Patrick Ewing, changes that a bit. Um, you know, he, he might be able to get a bigger fish just because of who he is and some relationship that he may have. Cole Anthony would have been, like you said, that, that, that prime example, uh, cause he had the relationship with Greg Anthony, uh, right. but it didn't happen. Um, as far as the kids that we're looking at now, you mentioned RJ Davis, Terrence Williams, Henry Coleman. I, for me, I don't really pay attention to recruiting until a kid they has show up. Down until they take a visit, although, you know, Alexander never visited, uh, LJ Peak when he committed, he never visited. Really, uh, uh, when a kid has Georgetown in his list of final four, you know, I'll start paying attention. But, like, you know, you see on Twitter, Georgetown extends an offer to, you know, class of 2023. I'm like, what? First of all, <laughs> we could be dead by then. Like, I don't even, you know, these kids get hundreds of offers. None of that stuff really matters to me. I'm glad the staff is out there. They're doing what they need to do. But when a kid has Georgetown in their final three, four, that's when I'll start really paying attention. Uh, and that's when it really piques my interest. It seems like R.J. Davis, having come to the school, Terrence Williams, he's already been to the school. Those are two kids, obviously, that the staff is focused on. So hopefully they can get one or both of them to commit. I think if they got both of them, that would be huge for Ewing going into next year. Um, but who knows? I mean, both of them seem to have good showings this month, and now obviously you're going to get flooded with more offers. So I don't know how much loyalty there is in recruiting when you're kind of one of the first guys to extend an offer again to visit the school. Uh, we'll find out. I think I think one of the things, and you know, you see on, I think that the idea, you know, like there aren't any auto porters walking through that door where there was kind of this weird situation of you know, no one really knew him and he kind of became this big deal right at the end. I think that too many people get 
down when they see, you know, all of a sudden Georgetown's hot on a guy or, you know, heavy on a guy. And, oh, now, you know, Duke is sniffing around or Kansas or Michigan. And it's like, you know, if you want to be the way Georgetown was, you're going to have to win one of those. And they have won those right. before. They're probably going to win one of those. And I think it's important in a perfect world, the best recruits that Ewing has got, and they've done sort of an unconventional way, you know, Pickett was going to Ole Miss. That fell through. He mm-hmm. got him. It's a big get. Akinjo was going to Connecticut. McClung, even yep. though he was a big-time recruit, was going to Rutgers, and they got him. Like I said, you're seven in Alexander. They're big-time recruits. They were playing somewhere mm-hmm. else. I think it would be, and, you know, like I said, Ewing is new at this. You know, but he, he, does, he does have an experienced staff. I think it'd be pretty big for him to get one of the bigger guys to get sort of the traditional route, if you want to call it that. And for me, without having been out there and scouting these guys, so I'm not going to pretend like I know everything about them, I think personally what would be probably the biggest get for Georgetown would be to get the local kid, to get to get Williams yeah. and say, hey, look, because that's what he talked about his introductory press conference. It's been, you know, three years now is he wants mm-hmm. the local and I think for me, in a perfect world, you'd be like, you'd get that local kid, a team takeover kid, and then you start to get more of those. Because as we know, just up the road, two and a half hours, Villanova won national championships with local kids. So I think that is probably, for me, if there was like, you know, a perfect world, you get the local kid, you get the four-star early, and then some other kids start falling in line. And they don't have to be four-stars. Chris Jenkins wasn't a four-star, all these things. I think it's important for them to get a local kid and it'd be great if it was a bigger name like it is, but they've clearly put a lot into RJ Davis. So I guess, you know, we'll see. Yeah. And I, I saw Davis picked up a Kansas offer, but then Kansas just got a commitment tonight from a point guard in the class of 2019. So I don't know if that eats up, you know, his potential for going there. I'm not sure Kansas is even a major competition for him. Um, but I think you're totally right about the local kids. I mean, really you've got Patrick Ewing, you've got the Thompson center, you should be able to sell a kid and come to Georgetown. It's not like it's GW. I mean, it's, this is Georgetown. I mean, it's a tremendous yeah. school. Um, and you're right. It really hasn't happened yet the traditional way. So uh, it's a good point. I mean, we'll see what happens with, with, with these two, even McClung. I mean, he was, he committed to Rutgers, right? So he was, right. he was a Rutgers kid who decommitted and then ended up at Georgetown. So we really haven't recruited anyone uh LeBlanc, LeBlanc, I guess, was more traditional, right? LeBlanc is the biggest recruit that they got traditionally, and clearly right. he, 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 you know, showed everyone what he's worth, and he's a huge part of the program. That's definitely, like, their, yeah. their uh, biggest recruit. Um, right. But, you know, like I said, when you add it, when you add it, like, in a perfect world, you add the local angle, and you're like, wow, the Georgetown's got it going, which sort of leads me into the next thing. I know that Casual Hoy is a site that likes to get ahead of itself, as it should, we're, you know, we're, we're getting close college, college football is right there, which means college basketball is in the queue and we're getting people out there that have got Georgetown in the tournament, Georgetown in top 25 polls. Um, is it delusional? Is it, you know, where, where is that as far as the way that you're looking at the season and how big of a deal you think it is in year three of viewing to not just be on the bubble at the end, but to be in the tournament, like how big you think that's going to be for the program and just everything. And is it, is it realistic? I think it is. Well, obviously it's delusional, but it's, it's kind of the delusion that <laughs> makes it great. Right. I mean, we, we, we live for delusion. If we didn't have delusion, we'd, we'd have nothing. So um, I do think that it's obviously great. It's obviously great to see Georgetown back in, 
consideration for the top 25. I mean, it's been years since we could, could even sniff that kind of thing. Um, I don't know if putting him in the top 25 right off the bat is, if that makes sense. I mean, I do think we're a top five team in the Big East. Um, top 25 nationally. Eh, I mean, could we be? Sure. I mean, for all the reasons we've, we've discussed with all the, the, the talent on the roster, um, you know, I, I think they're probably a top 40 squad heading into yeah. the season. Um, and a lot of how they climb in the rankings early on is going to, you know, have to, if they can pull out some wins against some of what suddenly is a very decently strong non-conference schedule, right? I mean, you've got a few opportunities early to, to pad your resume, which we hadn't have it. We hadn't had in recent years. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, is the talent there? Yes. Uh, so at least we have that to hang our hats on in July. I think it's not too early to start looking at um, first round sites, <laughs> the NCAA tournament. <laughs> where's, where's the final four? It's not in New Orleans, so that's not good. <laughs> it is next year. It, it is in 2021, I think. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so, so plenty of room down here. Um, if okay. you, you know, if you want to book your, your tickets in advance, assuming nobody so leaves. Ba- so basically, um, when the junior backcourt leads them to the promised land, you'll have a front row seat for it. Terrence Williams, RJ Davis, that's your, your incoming class. You've got the homecoming for, for Galen Alexander and Josh LeBlanc. I mean, I can, I can write the story right now. It's beautiful. And h- hang out with, uh, Daryl Owens down there. There you go. He seems to be one of the bigger Georgetown alumni fans based on his Instagram presence. Not that I follow him or anything, but uh, <laughs> I, th- I think this was. This well, look, was... It's, always, it's always good when, when alums can, you know, help out the program after they leave campus. So he, he's, he's done a great job. Absolutely. Um, and, and uh, you know, I know Coach Kirby has been down here a few times. Um, New Orleans is a small town. So I happen to know some of the local high school coaches here and Georgetown is already on a lot of the, the good players playing on AAU squads in New Orleans. So um, a lot of that is, is Kirby who has ties here from when he was at LSU and all that. Um, but, you know, the staff's doing a great job. They really are. They're doing a great job and it's always good when the alumni is out there and sort of, you know, nodding and pointing to who to, who to uh, check out. And it seems like Daryl Owens is definitely taken in very interested in Josh LeBlanc as we all should be very interested in all things. Yeah. Maybe one day we'll have Owens as a guest on the Kenty corner podcast. That sort of leads me to leaving. I think that for the, the few people of the casual nation that stuck with us the whole time, that is our intention is to talk Georgetown and not just with each other. Cause I know that'll probably get boring for everybody, but to have, good guests, which means, you know, possibly, possibly, you know, maybe we'll let, we'll let Ben standing on at some point, but to have some really good guests too, though. Agreed. I mean, there's a, there are a load of options for us to choose from, and I doubt that'll be difficult. I doubt that'll be difficult as the, are we still on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll definitely get guests. We'll have prizes. We'll have everything. Kenty Corner Podcast. Keep it here. 
Casual Hoya. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> Bye.